I'm Gloria Panzera, and you're listening to This Novel is Happening, a podcast chronicling the journey of my writing, procrastinating, submitting, getting an acceptance for my novel, and whatever happens next. Well, here we are. Hi. Um, I don't even know who I'm talking to, but thanks for joining us. Um, I'm going to introduce you to my husband. Say hi, Justin. Hi. You could have said hi, Justin, and that would have been silly. Hi, Justin. Okay, good. There you go. I like that better. I'm the other voice you're going to hear on the show from time to time. I'm going to help uh, with questions and discussions, and, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Awesome. Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to start because I'm, I'm sure I'll talk about my teaching on a regular basis, but I am a teacher, and the lesson planner in me wants to kind of have a big question answered. I do this with my students, you know, what big question are we going to answer today when we talk about whatever the fuck we're talking about in class? Um, minus the curse words because I'm a professional. Um, so my, the big question I kind of would like to have answered or for you by the end of the episode is, um, why should you follow me on this journey? Um, and why should you, why are, why should you be interested in, you know, my story about this novel and my writing and all that jazz? So that's the big question. I hope that it gets answered by the end of the episode. So. I mean, we'll hope, right? Yeah, let's hope. (laughs) (laughs) We might wander around a little bit, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll get there. It's like, uh, that's how I write my stuff anyway. I know how it's going to end. And then I figure out how to get there. Sometimes it takes longer than I anticipate. You write the end first. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if I have a really good sentence. Like if I have a good sentence, I'm like, oh, that's a good ending. Are we talking about like you write like the last sentence or like the last sentence of the book is the first thing you write? Mm, with this book, no. But with mo- more recent projects. You have done that before. Yes. I actually find it's really helpful. Okay. I don't know why. I used to be like, what kind of weirdo writes the end of the, the sentence or writes the ending first? But... It is really helpful because then you have like a map, like you have a destination. You do that and then work backwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so that's we're, what let's, we're doing Let's here. do that. Let's work backwards. Let's work backwards. So who are you, Gloria Panzera? <laughs> okay. Um, who am I? What a yeah. what an existential question. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So some things about me, I guess. I, I'm, uh, I'm a writer, but I also do a lot of other shit. Um, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. But first, I'm a wife, and then I'm a mob. And my students give me a lot of shit about my saying that. But listen, we're a team here with that demon spawn in the room next he's door. He's not demon spawn. He's just four. He's four. Almost five. Yeah. He'll tell you about that, too. He will. Yeah, whatever. Well, we're a team, and so I always say I'm a wife first. And then I'm a mom. And then I teach, and I write. What do you teach? I teach English high school. I'm asking these questions like I don't know the answer. Yeah, so. it's kind of weird being interviewed by your husband who knows literally <laughs> every thought that comes out of my, in through my brain. Um, I teach English at a high school in South Carolina. Um, I teach juniors and seniors, American lit and British lit. How long? This is my 10th year teaching, which is insane. Yeah. 10 years of teaching experience, although some of it was not. It wasn't all high school. Most of it was high school. But you've taught other things too. I have. I've taught a lot of things. I've taught um, college level freshmen. I've taught. I teach graduate students online, which is my one of my favorite things to do because I do love my grad students. Um, what else do I do? 
I've taught creative writing. Well, I teach grad students creative writing. And then I've taught journalism, which was the most stressful semester of my life. So basically you've got it covered when it yeah. comes to writing. You've kind of taught everything. Yeah, I guess so. Except for like business writing, which nobody needs me to teach business writing. I'll but that's you, not that far off of some of the other things you've done. Probably not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's my, I guess that's my like professional experience. Um, but I came up as a writer sort of by accident. I think I was, I, that's where we met. We met at UM, the University of Miami. And I was pre-med and... I was pulling my hair out. I was failing a lot of classes. But you were into books and writing way before then. Oh, yeah, totally. I was, I'm a big reader. I've always been a big reader. I like making up stories. I like telling stories. Um, yeah, so I just kind of, I was pre-med and I ended up in this creative writing class because I could not take another lit class, even though I wanted to. Um, and I, my roommate was like, hey, I'm in this creative writing class. You would love it. And I took it because I thought stupidly <laughs> that it would be less reading um and it was I guess I mean we weren't reading like a book a week like we would have been in an English class but we were doing a lot of reading of peer work and I just really love that vibe of the workshop and my professor was awesome and I just sort of did it that's just kind of what happened I just I took one creative writing class and then that was the best academic semester even with my science classes. And then I just kind of kept taking them. And then when my advisor told me I had to take biochem, I was like, fuck that shit. I'm done failing science classes. <laughs> and so I majored in English. And then I graduated like I was, I call myself a super senior because I graduated in the, uh, in the fall or the winter in December. You don't even know when you graduated. I don't even know because it's been, it feels like a hundred years ago, but um, yeah, so I graduated and then I, in the fall and I had this like weird semester. And so I took some more classes cause I would like to be a student forever and ever. Amen. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we can't afford for me to be a student forever and ever. So we couldn't, we can't afford for you to be a student when you're already a student. That's <laughs> we're going to be paying on those student loans a while forever. Unless I don't know, somebody really likes my book. Maybe, maybe let's hope. Yeah. It'd be nice to write a check for the whole thing. Yeah. Oh. So you graduate from UM. We do like a little bit of in between at Florida State. Which was difficult because it's a place that I kind of didn't like. Yeah, but you liked the class. I did. Stuff. I had the best professor, creative writing professor at FSU. And he, then, then you decide to go to... Well, then I tried to move to Charlotte because I wanted to be near you. True. I screwed that up for everyone. You really did mess up a lot of my aspirations. It's a good thing I love you. You're very cute. So... <laughs> no one wants to hear any of this. <laughs> no, they don't. You can edit all of it out. Anyway, yeah, I tried to move to Charlotte. That didn't happen. I tried to get an MFA into an MFA program near you, but I didn't get in anywhere. And I got in in a school that I was like kind of, I applied, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to be so close to my parents. And I got in at Florida Atlantic University and it was the best fucking two years of my life. Like I loved every single minute of my MFA. And I know that I bitch a lot, which you could probably attest to. Um, I do love to complain, but I don't think I complained about being in, M in an MFA program. I don't remember that, but there's 
I don't remember what happened yesterday, so it's certainly possible that you did, but we'll go ahead and take your word for it. I don't remember being like dreading class. I loved my classes. I loved my professors. I loved the people that I met and became friends with. And that's how it happened. All of a sudden, I was like in an MFA program and writing my little tush off. And yeah. And the MFA program brings us to where this novel came from. Yeah. So this novel was uh, my thesis. I mean, it's it's being revised heavily, so it shouldn't look so much like... I mean, it'll look like my thesis, because that's the like foundation of it, but... And it, so this novel is the reason why we're doing this podcast, right? Yeah. So we're going to follow along with your journey mm-hmm. of what happened. So like at this point right now, on November 25th, 2018, mm-hmm. we know that your book is getting published. Yeah, I have signed a contract. You have signed that, a contract with a publisher yeah. on Solicited Press... Yes. They're out in Oregon. They are going to publish this book. Mm-hmm. So what are we looking at in terms of... So so we've already know that you're getting this book published. Take us just like briefly through what's going to happen the next couple of months. So my draft is due on January 1st. And then um, we are going to be back and forth editing till probably... I think that... I don't remember off the top of my head the editorial schedule, but it's somewhere around like April March or May. March or April. Something. something like that. And then I don't know what happens after that. I'm guessing. Which is why we're doing the show. Yeah, we're doing the show to document all this stuff because I don't know. I don't know why I censored myself. Like You don't have to. Yeah. It's the internet. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, yeah, we don't know. I don't know. I've never done this before. And the whole process has been me feeling clueless. So, so you write this novel. This novel gets you your MFA. It is your thesis that gets you your MFA. Yeah. And then what happened? I don't want to talk about what happened because <laughs> you're going to yell at me again. <laughs> uh, okay, you're not going to yell at me. But I'm definitely not going to yell at you. No. Um, I sat on it. I didn't do shit with it. I finished my MFA and then it just sat for a hundred years. No. And sat and sat. <laughs> and sat and sat and sat. And like I would... We figure somewhere around the neighborhood of 10 years? So, no, because I graduated in 2010. It's 2018. Okay, so... Let's call it set six and a half years. Okay, that's that's generous. really generous. I'm being super <laughs> nice to myself, but yeah, I, yeah, it sat for a while. Yeah, I was, I didn't, no, I didn't send it out. I was like, this project needs to go in a drawer. And why, why did this sit? Um, I don't know. I guess I never felt like it was good enough to like be published. And what my point was all along is it was good enough to get you your MFA, so it must not be terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Sure. I mean. They're not, they're definitely not just handing out MFAs. No. I hope not. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. I, I busted my ass and, and I, everyone I know that did their MFA at FAU did the same hard work. Yes. Yeah. A lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings, a lot of fetal position on the carpet crying. Yeah. How long did it take you to write the original, like the one that got mm-hmm. you the MFA? Because obviously we're 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 a few versions down the road even from that point. Oh right? yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not sure. Probably about a year. I think. I mean, because it was like I would submit it in a workshop, and then I'd I'd sit on it for a semester, and then I'd. So probably, I mean, I got the idea for it. My second, I think it was my second semester, of grad school when they told us you need to start thinking about what you're going to do for your thesis. And then I graduated three or four semesters after that. So however much time that is. So was it like, was your thesis always going to be a novel or like, I mean, what, when you 
when you start grad school, what do you think it's going to be? Like, I mean, obviously, you know you have to do something. Right. Uh, I but, thought it was going to be short stories because okay. that's what I've always written. And I'm very comfortable in the short story. I still tend, to, when I'm when I wake up in the morning to do my writing, I tend to write, to work on short stories. I'm working on a collection of short stories now because I like to have several projects happening at one time. Um, and I write essays, right? So, like, I like the shortish form. I like I like to be in like the 12 to 15 page range for a completed piece. So and you've had some of that stuff already published, right? Yes. Again, asking questions I already asking know the Asking questions to. you know the answers to. How weird is it to ask questions you know the answers to? It's not that weird. No? Oh, because no. you have your other podcast. Right? I have another podcast, so I, I'm pretty used to asking questions I know the answer to. A little shout out to Open Red. Anyone? Yes, that's Race fine. Fans out there? That's fine. <laughs> um... <laughs> So what are the, some of the other things you've had published? Where have you had them published? Okay, so I have a couple essays in Chicken Soup for the Chicken Soul. Those were my first yeah. publications. Those were pretty, it was pretty cool getting your, my name in hard copy. Yeah, like those are like legit buy at the store. And like, like you can get those. on Amazon right now. <laughs> yeah, and you got paid for those. I did. I was paid writer. Which is writer. uncommon. Yeah, not, not, I th- don't think I've been paid since actually. There you go. <laughs> So there's that. Um, and then um, I've had some essays published. I had an essay published in The Inquisitive Eater. I've had um, another essay published in Gravel about my mom and another essay about my mom in Crack the Spine. So. And you've had some microfiction published? Yeah, I've had a couple little tiny pieces published from 140 Fiction, which is no longer publishing anymore. But um, that I like that short form. It's my the closest thing I'll ever have to a, po- a poem being published because this mama don't write poetry. So, so then on top of that, what the other kind of writing project that you have kind of ongoing is the literary ma- magazine, right? Yes, Rum Punch Press um, is there. Rumpunchpress.com. Rumpunchpress.com. I'm gonna yeah. teach you how to be a promoter. Yeah, yet. it's hard for me because I feel really weird talking about myself as if people care. Maybe you guys care. I hope you care. Tweet at me if you care. Right. Yeah. At Gloria Panzera. They See, wouldn't be listening if they didn't care. Yeah. Um, what, was, what were we talking about? Rum Punch Press. Rum Punch Press. So Rum Punch Press is an online literary magazine that my best friend and I, Courtney Watson, Dr. Courtney Watson. Also Florida Atlantic University. Also And Miami. We went to UM together. Yeah. We didn't know each but you other. Didn't know each, you didn't and know then her. we met at FAU and we fell in love with each other. <laughs> I think you talk to her more than you talk to me. I definitely talk to her more than I talk to you. I'm probably texting her right now and we're talking. Probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So we started a, a literary magazine because we wanted to see stuff published that wasn't getting published. Stuff that we thought was good. And we felt like we were smart enough and qualified enough to be able to determine that. And so we've been doing that since 2013. Or two thousand years? Yeah. Has it been that long? It's been five years, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Actually, I think um, April 2017 was our... No, April 2017 was our four-year. This April coming up is going to be our five-year anniversary. So you literally have seen every aspect of writing. Like yes. You teach it. Mm-hmm. You try to do it yourself. You do, some, you, you do some publishing on your own. Yeah. You've been accepted. You've been rejected. Like, you've seen basically all of it. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's fair to say that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know a little bit about what you're talking about. Like, a little bit. I would argue that I... I tell my students I'm an expert, and I think that's fair. I mean, I'm not like, like Lauren Groff or Roxanne Gay, obviously, because they're 
you know, prolific. But we're going to get you there. Yeah, God willing, right? Yeah. So yeah. do you want to tell us like a little bit, a little tiny bit about the novel? Mm, yeah, I will. I could say a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously we're going to delve into some of these things a little bit more in future episodes. Yeah. But just give us like a little taste. Well, I'll, we'll start with my taste. I love writing about food. And that was a big um, inspiration for how this novel kind of came to be. I was already writing food writing. I was already doing that. In fact, my first personal essay was a food essay. Which was what? Uh, it was called, uh, I can never remember the name of it because I submitted it under a different <laughs> title. But it was it's titled uh, Hot Pepper Memories. It's in The Inquisitive Eater. Um, it got published. I always have a special place for that one because it was, I got the acceptance the week my mom <laughs> passed away. Mm. So, um, that was kind of special. Um, I felt kind of, she like, she knew about it and then literally like the next day passed away. So it was kind of, I felt good knowing she was going on the other side, knowing that her daughter was doing what she was supposed to be doing. Um, I'm not going to cry. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> um, so but, like, why do you write about food? Why do you love food? You're... Oh, yeah. So, I'm 100% Italian, which I... When I did that stand-up thing, I like to joke about how Italians love to tell you they're Italians. Yes. So... Which, I mean, we're, like, 18 minutes into this, and you had yet to mention that. I know. So, really, I'm... So, maybe it's not true. Maybe I'm... Or I'm practicing, like, you know, self-control. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should have started when you asked me, who are you? I should yeah. have been like, a mother. Well, I'm Italian, obviously. Yeah. I'm a motherfucking Italian chick. Yeah. 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 So I'm Italian and I love food because food is how I understand love, <laughs> which is so problematic on so many levels, but that's maybe another episode for another day. <laughs> but also very helpful on other levels. Yeah. I mean, I do. So I love food. I mean, I grew up in a house where both my parents cooked and baked my dad, weirdly, now that my mom passed away, is like a bull baker. Yeah. Um, but like the big Sunday the family The big Sunday every Sunday. And... You know, marathon eating for all the holidays, which you've learned. Yeah. To, I mean, you can't hang with us, but. No, I can't. I don't have the the stamina. Um, but I've learned, like, I have like a system. You do. And you... I can get by without getting yelled at too much. Yeah, because so it I, I know looks a little bit like you're eating, but you're just not like. Yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of just have to play the game. You do because we will yell at you. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And yeah. So I grew up with food being the literally the centerpiece for um, interactions with my family. And when you're Italian, you spend a lot of time with your family. And that that's actually how I, the, the idea for the novel came about. I, I had gone to Italy when I was 15 and I had met this aunt of mine who was my grandfather's sister. And, um, she was, she's very easy to fall in love with. And then, um, some kind of tragic things. I'm not going to talk about those specific things because. I mean, we don't want to give away the plot of the book. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So some tragic things happened to her and my member, I'll never forget the conversation because it was my aunt and my cousin. We were like talking and I, and my aunt said, gosh, this would make such a good movie. And I said, a movie, this would make such a good book. And I, was I had I swear I had been praying for a freaking idea because I had no idea what I wanted to do my thesis on, and that conversation happened, and I was like, well, got my idea for my thesis, so that's kind of what what happened, I think. So at the point you know that you need to write your thesis, like you originally decide, are you originally thinking, okay, I'm gonna do short stories, 
How long after that do you say, okay, I'm not going to do short stories. I'm going to do the novel. Um, immediately. I, okay. cause it, that conversation happened. It was either on Thanksgiving or. So, th- so this idea happened before you realized you wanted to write a novel. It was like, okay, I'm going to write short stories. Then it's like, oh, this is an idea for a novel. Mm-hmm. Oh, this should be what I write for my thesis. Yeah. It was like, so I, I want to say it was like, it was like some Sunday, maybe it was like Joanna's birthday, which is in early November. Sister Joanna. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it was some time like where we were all together and. Um, so you're partway through your program at my, It was Florida like my Atlantic. first semester or, or maybe my second semester because I remember writing it during, I started writing it during winter break. Okay. So it had to have been like we were at, it was Thanksgiving or we were, I had drove up for a Sunday, driven up. Sorry. I am an English teacher. <laughs> right. I'd driven up for a Sunday, Sunday to get together and we were talking about this and I was like, oh gosh. This is the idea. This is the idea. And I had... I mean, it was really serendipitous because I had signed up for a novel writing workshop that next semester. So there I had... So it was like the stars just aligned. Yeah, it was just lined up right. You know, it was like, oh, here, I don't know. I think... And also there's something kind of, you know, people... I'm a big believer in like, if you tell me I can't do something, it kind of makes me want to do it more. Um, So there was a lot of talk about... You know, not a lot of people write novels for thesis projects um, because it's freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and short stories, you can kind of pull like. What did all your friends do? Uh, Courtney wrote a novel. My Victoria is a poet, so she had a poetry collection. Um, I think. But most... Victoria has published books now. Yes, Victoria has published a Victoria memoir. Fedden. Yeah, Victoria Fedden. Um, check her out. I think she's at Wide Lawns on Twitter. On Twitter. Um, but VictoriaFedden.com, you check her out. She's awesome. Um, she, uh, yeah, she did, she did poetry, but she was also a memoirist. Um, and yeah, so she, she did poetry and I'm trying to remember most of my friends were poets, so they all did poems, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what. So you and Courtney were the lone novelists. As far as I remember, I mean, it's possible there are more people. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I didn't do, I, you know, there's a, there's like a room at FAU. It's like office. It's like, a, no, it's like a conference room and everybody's thesis is like on the shelves mm. and we would definitely linger after class every once in a while and, and thumb just like through those. through some of those. Yeah. Cause it's kind of cool to see what the, the ghosts of the past have kind of done. But yeah, there's just a mix of. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I know, I just think a novel is one of those things where it's like, it takes a long time to write a novel. Um, and writing a collection of short stories, I mean, you need what, 10 maybe for a collection, I think is probably a good 10, 15 is good for a collection. I th- and I think over the course of three or four years, you should have less than that, maybe two years, you should have enough stories to be, to do a thesis, I think. I think. So then like you write the novel and... Like, writing a novel isn't just, like, I'm just going to sit in front of my computer and do stuff. Like, you were doing research. Yes, a lot of research. You were talking to family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, obviously food being a central theme in the book. Yeah. You were doing, like, cooking and baking and things like that to go along with that. Yeah. So, my protagonist is a baker. I'll leave it at that. But because I like to... If I'm going to write about baking something, I need to know what the hell it looks like. And YouTube... I mean, it was 2000 and... What? Eight? 2000... Something like that. When I started the 2009, when I started the project. <coughs> so, yeah, I mean, you can't, 
I need to know, like, what does the dough feel like? What does it smell like? You know, how long does it take to bake it? Now, granted, I was baking it in my little Boynton Beach townhouse with my roommate. But um, she was a good person to give the food to after. <laughs> I'm sure she enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> and I also was the president baker at the in the office I was bringing. Because, like, you know, you bake all those cookies. You got to bring them somewhere. So I probably gained like 20 pounds during that damn season. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of carbs. So, and, and then obviously you, you have this book, you, you get the idea, you do the research, you write it. H- how much like, um, like revision and stuff did you go through before it turned into your thesis that you presented? I mean, it didn't go through a lot of revision, which is kind of why I'm revi- revising it so much now. Um, I feel like. I've really pushed the timelines, you know, to get it done. I really, by the end of grad school, you're sort of over grad school, even though it's a magical two years, it's still hard. And yeah, so I just was like, let me just get this fucking thing done. And which is probably why it sat for 10 years, right? It's like you finish it and you feel like okay about it. And then. Was it like it just took something out of you? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I was so eager to be done and, like, move to Charlotte to be with you that... You just, like, wiped your hands of it. Yeah, I was kind of like, okay, this project's done. It can sit in a drawer forever, and that's great. And I think, I mean, I I think when I graduated, I intended on revising it and sending it out. And then, like, I adjuncted and made, you know, pithy money, and then I started teaching high school, and then we got married, and then we had a kid. We bought a house. (laughs) We bought a house. We did all the crap adults do and yeah. got to pay them bills and stuff like that you you have this book it's you know obviously like we keep saying it you, it sat for a long time let's fast forward kind of to a little bit closer to today to the point where okay what what is the impetus for why this novel resurfaces in your life <laughs> so i have been on the academic job market since i graduated from FAU. I, my, my dream is to be a full-time professor of writing, specifically creative writing. (laughs) I don't want to teach freshman comp forever. I do like teaching freshman comp, but I mean, that's not, I'm not a composition and rhetoric PhD. So, um, but I, I mean, I have publications. I I think my CV's all right. (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) but I needed something big. A lot of the jobs, out there for for MFAs require, you know, require a big, a book. They require a book, be it a memoir, collection of short stories, a novel. And so when you're sitting on a manuscript, you kind of start thinking, (laughs) do I want to write a whole new novel or do, which I do need to do that too. And I have started one. Um, but, uh, I mean, and, and, you know, let's, let's take this to where it was, right? So it's not just that, but it's like you're teaching, mm-hmm. you're teaching high school. You kind of get to the point where you're a little burned out. Oh yeah. You're definitely. not happy with your situation. And so we decide that you're going to take a year off. Yeah. And then, so during that time I started writing a memoir, which is a hot mess y'all, but it's okay. It'll, it'll get, it'll get there when it needs to. Um, and yeah, so I had this, I had this manuscript and I was like, well, I guess well, you told me I needed to send. <laughs> well, yeah. So you you are working on the memoir, and yeah. then I mean you're writing short stories, essays, also yeah. in the process, yeah. working on getting things published, which did happen. Applying did, for jobs, yeah. 
And then in the process of all of those things, Mm -hmm. my point to you was, hey, while you're doing this, why don't you start sending this novel out? Yeah. And it took about nine months for an acceptance to roll in. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was 10 year overnight success. Yep. That's how they all go. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that that's what they say, right? It's like, yes. One day it just gets done. Yeah, it doesn't. It was not overnight for sure. Definitely a lot of query letters, a lot of, you know. Which we will get into in a future episode as well. Sure. Yeah, definitely. The the process that you went went through. So the, you know, obviously, like, I I think, and I could be completely wrong on this, but it it seems to me in, in the little bit of knowledge I have about the writing world that it's you sit down, you write the book, you try to get it sent out, right? Mm -hmm. Like your case is probably somewhat unique, right? Where you write this thing and then it sits in a drawer for a long time and Um, then, and then ends up getting sent out later. Yeah. I think I would, I, I hope that people don't sit on their manuscripts for 10 years. I'm sure that they do. Or I'm sure they work on it for 10 years and finally are like, all right, I guess it's good enough. Let's see. I mean, it never feel. I mean, even when it's published, it will never feel like I have, you know, that short story in Two Bridges Review. And it's like, I've read it when we did that, when I did that reading in Savannah. And it was like, ah, uh, I w- would like to make some changes. You would like to do this and this and this and different. <laughs> it's already in print, but is it cool if I make a couple of changes? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it always feels, and it's, I mean, I tell this to my but students. But that's the plight of an artist, though, right? Sure, but I think there's something about, like, and I always tell this to my students, is like, writing is a living, breathing thing. It's not just, you know, words on a page. It is literally alive. And the whole time that it's alive, you're revising it and trying to improve it just like, we do as people right with ourselves we're trying to improve ourselves so i think that that's i I don't know i think that that's why it sat for that long it was like uh this thing is alive and it's breathing and it's it wants me to do something with it and i'm just and i wasn't ready to do it honestly i just did not feel i mean with i think teaching full-time really kind of made that hard because as you know, I'm the one of the first in the parking lot, <laughs> and I'm usually the last out. Um, and that does. I definitely was the last one out at at uh, Independence, a lot. Like I was one of the last cars in the parking lot, leaving right before the daycare closes, so that I could pick up little man. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I just I have a hard time doing a crappy job, and. That's why that novel sat because I wasn't ready to give it the attention it deserved. So obviously we, you know, we've kind of talked about both, but like just, you know, the, the reasons for that book to exist, you know, number one gets you your thesis. Mm-hmm. Number two, then we're like, okay, let's see if we can get this thing published because a, you're a writer and you know, you want to see your work published. Sure. That's yeah. I mean, it, right? I, I wrote the, I wrote a book that I wanted to read. That's something that I believe really that's why rum punch press exists is like I'm we publish stuff we want to read yeah you know and I wrote a book that I wanted to read and the next project that I work on is something that you know I want to read this is a podcast that I would want to listen to and then so you (laughs) it's thesis now let's get this thing published let's Mm -hmm. you know let's be a legit writer and then obviously hoping that helps you in your academic career sure yeah get further along Mm mm-hmm Definitely. And is that like, is that common among writers? Is that something a lot of people are trying to do or? Um, I guess it depends. I mean, like, I think when you have an MFA, 
the the goal I would hope that your goal is that you want to write forever like that's like the thing you want to do um I like to I just enjoy teaching I genuinely love teaching uh and I think I I love teaching high school but I don't feel like the stuff that I know gets used enough and it's a lot of the same thing over and over again. And I think when you're a professor and I mean, I know the grass is always greener and I don't, <laughs> I'm sure there's shit that happens in academia that I'm not aware of cause I'm not there in full-time capacity. But, um, you know, I think there's something about being able to build a course. That's something that you're genuinely obsessed with, right? Like I'm obsessed with food. Like, let me build you a class about where we talk about food, we write about food, we research, you know, what whatever it is. Like I just that's a course that I would want to take and that's a course that I think there are, there have to be other food writers out there that want to take this class. Or like film and you know, I love movies and so let let me teach a class about how to how to take a book and put it in into a screenplay, like stuff like that. I I just you can't really do that in high school unless you're working at like a private you know, super affluent high school, which I do not. Um, and you know, they need me to teach American lit and that's cool. And they need me to teach Brit lit and that's great. Um, but I'm not building that food writing class. And I feel like I have this like breadth of knowledge and experience too, that I think, you know, if I'm teaching grad students who want to do the same thing as me, then I can help them. But high school students, they don't really give a shit, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, you know, when you're 16, you're worried about other stuff, like graduating from high school. So now that we kind of have some idea about who you are, I mean, I obviously already knew who you were because I've been married to you for a hundred years, a long time now. Um, <laughs> let's kind of talk about what we're going to do on the show. Yeah. Like future episodes where, you know, what are we thinking? What are we what are some like what are some of our show ideas what do we what do we want to kind of get done here in the next you know year while this novel is in process okay yeah so i would like to document um the process itself i always felt totally clueless i mean there's only i mean websites are helpful and thank god for the people who write them and publish you know how to do whatever submit or you know, where to submit and all that stuff. Like, thank God those things exist. Um, but there's still this element of cluelessness and I would like to maybe provide a space for, for that process. Like, what does it look like to submit a novel and then be in edits with, an, with a publisher? What does that look like? How does it feel? Um, I mean, the brief time I had edits with my short story, I definitely fought for a couple of sentences that the editor... She had, she had nicked some of them and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I mean, thankfully we had a good working relationship, but whatever. I mean, like, how does that, what does that look like? And, you know, um, I don't know. What else do I want to document? I think there's something kind of scary about sending out your novel and especially one that I feel like it's got this like mythological like thing with it because it's sat for ever <laughs> it just feels like this like monster that I need to tame and maybe let's talk about that how scary that shit is and well you know and maybe get, how not scary it is I don't know maybe it's not as bad as I think it is yeah uh, but you know also you know how the novel itself came together yeah you know we've we have some audio with uh, you know a conversation with your aunt that mm -hmm. we just did over Thanksgiving mm -hmm. um that will 
some of that information, some of that audio will appear in a future episode. Kind yeah. of some backstory on the... Without too giving away too much. Yeah, yeah. Without giving away too much of the plot. But you can kind of get some feel for... Yeah. You know, what the story is and kind of what it took to put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, once we get to the point where maybe you're done with edits, like, what happens after that? Yeah, I'm really... That's the part for me that, like, I'm really interested in. Um, because I people have asked me, like, do you have an agent? I don't have an agent. If there's anyone interested, I'm available. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't have an agent. I, um, I did this, you know, without having really any... I mean, I, I had help from writers, for sure, like... Jenny Hubbard. She's a YA writer. What did Jenny write? She wrote, um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Paper Covers Rock and As, and We Stay, I think it is. I'm looking at it. Yeah, And We Stay. I'm looking at the book. At the book on your bookshelf. On the bookshelf. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, she's amazing and she was super helpful with the contract stuff and not, because again, like I got this contract and I'm like, I don't know what to do about this and well, we can talk about that too. And, mm-hmm. you know, what does that look like? You know, and she, she was helpful. And like, I actually got to speak with her agent, which was really nice. Um, but, and we know too, that like the publisher is going to help us with, you know, getting distribution and some mm-hmm. of those things and, yeah. and some marketing stuff, but we're going to have to do a lot of that on our own. Yeah. There, that was definitely part of like our, my conversation with the publisher was like, you know, what do you do? And she's like, well, it's a lot of you. Exactly. And <laughs> so, so like, we'll document that stuff too as we yeah, as we get closer to those things. And, and what do we do to try to get this book, you know, some, sold and get yeah. it in front of people who want to read it? And obviously we'll... we'll some momentum, of, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll do all of those things also. Yeah. And I feel like I am, in my heart, as much as I'm a writer, I'm, I'm a teacher. And I want to teach because that's something that... You know, I wish I had a teacher. I mean, and I will say, like, it's not like I had, I had really helpful faculty. (laughs) Like, I've been able to reach out to people that I've worked under. Like, they've been my mentors and they've been helpful. But there's no, like, one place where there's somebody saying, this is what I did and this is how it happened. And, of course, there's a thousand paths to get to the point I'm at and even more prolific, like, where Victoria was at with her memoir. Um, this is my beautiful life, I think is the title. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. Right. So there's, you know, there's a lot of paths to get where you're going. Um, which I think, especially when you have an MFA and you, you you know, you finish this master's degree and you're like, okay, well now I'm going to be a professor and publish books and that's going to be the end of it. And it's like, no, it's not like that. It's not that easy. No, it's way harder than that. It's a lot of rejection and crying and pity parties. Which I feel like if we're going to, I love to throw parties and I feel like my parties, non-pity and pity are quite I was say, are, Which party are we talking about? Are we talking about like normal parties or are we talking about pity parties? Both. We, I think I really sure do. That. I feel like I can throw down a pretty good party. I'm a, I'm a pretty, I feel like I'm a good cook. I can make some delicious food, but also pity parties are, I would argue I'm pretty good at those. You've been. I would agree. <laughs> You've been privy to my uh, my pity parties, so yeah. So that's the stuff we're gonna document. Yes, the revision. I'm like neck deep in revision right now, and it's stressing me the fuck out. Yeah. So right now we're thinking, at least for the time being, one show a week. I think so. I I mean I think we have enough material for that. Um, so for the time being, one show a week, and then we'll, we'll see how it we'll goes. We'll see from how there. it goes. Yeah. I mean I think with edits being like one month. Like, I send it out and I have to wait a month 
I don't know what that's going to look like. Probably me getting stressed out. <laughs> it's fine. I'm very good at But this at will be a stressed. place that you can vent. Yeah. Oh, you know I love to vent. Yes. That is one of my favorite things to do. It's like, you think I'm complaining, but I'm just letting it out yeah, of my system. Whatever. All right. Well, let's say, where can people keep up with, obviously, the show? Mm. How can they get a hold of you? Where can they follow you? All of those things. Okay. So you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Gloria Panzera. I'll spell it for you. I'll say, let's get a, let's get a spelling. P-A-N-Z-E-R-A. G-L-O-R-I-A. P-A-N-Z-E-R-A. Yeah. Gloria Panzera on Twitter and Instagram, mm-hmm. all one word, all together. Yeah. Where else? And then GloriaPanzera.com. Yes. And if you want to get more information about the show, you go to GloriaPanzera.com slash podcast. Slash podcast. And yeah. if you'd like to email the show, we have an email address. We do. Podcast at GloriaPanzera.com. We have an email. I didn't even know we had an email. I thought we just had You're welcome. Thank you, webman. Podcast at GloriaPanzera.com if you'd like to email the show. Um, where can we find the show? Do you know? We <laughs> All of the places? <laughs> um, iTunes. Stitcher. Spotify. Tune in. Tune in. I don't know all this stuff because you're Radio Public. I'm about this. Um, on the website. Glory, the website, yeah. Check slash out the podcast. website. Uh, we also have our RSS feed there. So uh, find us, subscribe, uh, leave us reviews. Yeah, Tell good you... ones though. Don't talk shit. No, I, I don't care. You can leave a bad one too. I'm not afraid of bad reviews. Um, tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Because this will be fun. Yeah. I'm, guys, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. This shit is nerve-wracking. What is nerve-wracking? The show or the book? Both. I feel like all of a sudden <laughs> this shit is so real. It should be real. That's the point. I know. I don't like real things. That's why I write fiction. <laughs> yeah, but you also write essays. I know, but they're always about stuff that annoys me or makes me sad. Well, that's not true. No. Sometimes I write... The food things aren't... Don't, those things don't make you sad. No. No, yeah, those make me happy because I love food. All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. What do you want me to say? I don't even know. What do you want to say? Thanks for listening. That's we'll it? We'll be back, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like it, guy? I need to know if you like this because I don't want to be out here sending my ish out into the universe. So your low self-esteem needs people to tweet at you. Yeah. Send us emails to let you know that this was okay yeah i mean e- okay even if it's bad if it's what can we do better right i'm a big fan of feedback that's the workshop mentality let's workshop the shit out of this thing okay let's make this better for everyone let's make it better for everybody 